Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the content marketing awards winner for best marketing podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by integrated PR software from Cision, by the easy to use farm builder FarmStack, by social audience analysis software Affinio, and by social media engagement software from Sprout Social. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert temporarily off the road, bringing you another episode of what has been named recently, in fact, the best marketing podcast in the world on the Content Marketing Awards. We only started winning awards like that when this person, my co-host, joined the show. He, ladies and gentlemen, is my favorite Texan. He is from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Mr. Adam Brown. Jay, I'm humbled by that, but but truly, this, this is uh, this is a show that you and and, uh, and Jeff did such a fantastic job with, and I'm just so glad to be able to carry the torch and to go into the next chapter of Social Pros. Great to be here. Howdy from Texas. Howdy from Texas. I uh, I am getting ready to head to. Uh, the Washington D.C. area uh, with the family uh, for some college tours with my daughter. Uh, unfortunately, there is a little thing called Hurricane Joaquin um, <laughs> headed my direction. So we actually had a conversation not 30 minutes ago, a little household meeting, and we thought maybe we should go to Austin instead. So if you get a knock on your door sometime in the next two days, it could be me and my children. The door is always open. I appreciate that. That's uh, that's what you get as the co-host of the show. Uh, random drop-ins from the entire Bear family. You know where else where I could have gone uh, on on vacation that seems to be safe from most natural disasters uh, is the Twin Cities, ladies and gentlemen. Minneapolis, St. Paul, and our guest on the show today hails from those Twin Cities. He is the man, the myth, the legend, a friend of mine, somebody who has helped me a lot uh, with my business. He is a trust consultant, uh, an author, a guru, a hell of an amazing keynote speaker. He is Mr. David Horsager. Dave, welcome to the show. Unbelievable. You said my name right. That happens one out of a hundred. So that's amazing. But Jay, it is a, it's a privilege to be on with you. You have sharpened me. I'm grateful for that. And uh, just grateful to call you a friend too. So thanks for letting me be on. Hey man, it's the best marketing podcast in the world. We're not going to mispronounce a guest <laughs> name. I mean, you know, we have some standards of decency on this program, my friend. Uh, oh, we can, national networks don't. Yeah, well, hey, that's... <laughs> Hashtag professionalism. That's right. That's All right. right. So uh, we wanted to have you on the show because you just recently uh, released, just in the last week or so, uh, a brand new book called The Daily Edge, Simple Strategies to Increase Efficiency and Make an Impact Every Day. It is terrific. It is such an incredibly 
useful and specific book that anybody who reads it can improve the efficiency uh, of their own life. I, I don't think there's a single person of the tens of thousands of people who listen to this program uh, every month. I, I, there's probably not a single person who doesn't sit there and say, man, do I have too many things to do. That that goes with the professional social media career like peanut butter and jelly. It is hand in glove. And every every page of the Daily Edge, I was like, yep, Yep. Yep. And I was equal parts, totally fired up and totally depressed that I have fallen into all of the traps that you so aptly diagnose in the book. Uh, It is a treasure, this book. It is a real gift to people. Thank you for writing it. Tell us a little bit about uh, The Daily Edge and, and how you decided to write this, because you're not historically a productivity guy. This is sort of a, a sideline for you. That's true. You know, uh, my original work and all of our ongoing work at a horse leadership is around trust, how trust affects the bottom line more than anything, how lack of trust is your biggest expense, how there's these eight pillars that came out of the original research of exactly how you build it. And uh, so the trust edge is this research-based, all that stuff. This book is just one to three page chapters of actionable tips you can use today. And so uh, what it came out of was basically three inspirations. For one, people were asking for it. So they, they would say, how do you do that specific tip? How do you do that? How did you lose that 50 pounds in five and a half months? 90-day quick plan. How do you have the day where you work really hard and don't, you know, how do you never have a day where you work really hard and don't get anything done? And the DMA strategy. And how do you have 10 or less emails in your inbox, even if you get 300 a day? The, the email strategy. So these tips and, and takeaways, and I view them all that changed me, but they do kind of go back to the original research of even the eight pillars of trust. You know, one of them is consistency. Another one is clarity. People trust the clear and they mistrust or distrust the ambiguous. And another one is contribution. You got to contribute results if you want to be trusted. And these just simple, actionable takeaways will further trust and they'll further, of course, productivity and efficiency and effectiveness. The other kind of inspiration for it was I had read many of the productivity books and I noticed something. One, one of two things. On one side, you had all these productivity books that were so long, 300, 400 pages, (laughs) you get 100 pages in and you wouldn't get a tip on productivity, at least until the 100th page in when I put the book down because it was so full of other stuff. And and I wanted it simple, actually, see it's really beautifully designed and just three-page tips. The other side of it is you'd have productivity books that would be all about productivity, but at the expense of people and relationships, and my business is people and relationships, we believe every from financial institutions to governments, the great ones are built on trusted relationships. So I wanted, I believe it's great to be productive and get results, but not at the expense of people. And so, of course, we have that bias and, and kind of keep that in mind. There's there's 35 uh, quick ideas in the book. And, and you're right to point out that the way the book is structured is really uh, smart for the modern reader and and for the ADD, you know, ADHD social media professional who uh, is, is trained to think in two and three minute bursts. The fact that it's one to three page tips is very, very smart and very easy to consume. It is, it is micro content in the parlance of, of our world. Um, so you've got 35 ideas in the show. Each of them are formatted in a, in a very quick, breezy way. Did you come up with all those ideas simultaneously? Is it a amalgamation of things that you have developed for your own personal benefit over a period of years? Or, or how did you kind of cobble together uh, these, this particular collection of concepts? 
A few of them are things I totally came up with on my own. But um, by far the majority are I learned. I, I'll give you one example. For 10 years in a row, I would go consult with this senior leader of New Hampshire. And while I consulted him on bigger kind of trust issues, leadership issues, I watched how he was so efficient and effective, how he always had a clear desk, how he had 10 or less emails in his inbox every day, even though he'd get hundreds a day, how he was so productive but not at the expense of relationships. And frankly, some of those ideas, me being inspired by him while I was working for him and watching him, was, was one of the inspirations. So these ideas, uh, I, there are other productivity experts certainly that have their take on them, but I have a unique take, and it, you know everything comes under trust for me. But it's I also have a major bias for action, and the these tips right here in the Daily Edge, they are tips I've seen results in, I've actually used myself, and so I don't give you all the floof and all the productivity speak, but just this is what you can do to have a clear desk every day. This is what you can do to have 10 or less emails. This is what you can do to, you know, get absolutely clear. And I've used them, and that's where a lot of the passion comes from. There are a few kind of unique ones, maybe the C strategy we'll talk about or some others, but a lot of them in some form have been talked about before. I think the uniqueness that I bring is really a tight, actionable, bullet point, simple, here's how you can do it. One of the things you said there a second ago, uh, Dave, and I think it was unintentional, you said floof. Um, and and I, I can't wait to see what our transcription service does uh, when they hear you say the word floof. Um, I, we're going to take some bets on exactly how they transcribe that. I'm going to guess F-L-O-O-F, but um, we'll see what happens. Maybe there'll be a PH in there. I can't wait uh, to see. If nothing else, we have invented a new word on the Social Pros podcast. Uh, that's, just, that's just a bunch of fluff with some doo-doo in there. there you so, go. There uh, you yeah, go. Fluff plus doo doo with floof. Floof. <laughs> it's a Minnesota thing. I think it's a Scandinavian word. One of the things that I think is is um, very common in our industry. I know Adam uh, is is familiar with this, and uh, many many listeners is when you are in a social media professional role, a community manager, a social media manager, a social media strategist, or related disciplines, you have a seemingly endless number of tasks that you can or should perform at any given time. I think. What what we end up with is sort of to-do list-itis, that there's just like this endless list of things. Uh, how can people fight against that? Because you just feel like you're on this never-ending treadmill. And, and what happens um, is people get dissatisfied with this career and they leave or they, or they try to shift over to some other type of marketing because uh, it, it chews you up and spits you out when you know social media doesn't sleep. And so if you don't break yourself of that to-do list-itis, it, it creates a lot of problems. So what advice do you have uh, for people who are, who are uh, struggling with that? Well, I'll give you, a, a, there are a couple ideas that in the book that speak to that. How do you prioritize it and uh, being, you know, the ABCs of to-do list. But let me give you a quick one that changed my life. And the problem with many people is they have 600 items on their to-do list, right? And they look at that to-do list and they get overwhelmed. Many people get so overwhelmed they do nothing. And that's, it, it, we have, a, it's a very simple idea. But we allow people to have to do list online or on their computer, tablet, or whatever. But every day we do something called DMAs, difference making actions. And that cannot be electronic. Everybody takes out a sticky note. They write the numbers one, two, three, four, five on the left hand side. 
And then before they check email, we put down our top five difference-making actions, the most important things I could do today to move our key priority forward. Of course, many organizations, people don't know the key priority or the key goal or the key objective. Then you got problems from the start. But if you know what you need to move forward, sales or uh, a certain priority, then we write down the top five most important things I could do today to move that forward. So we make sure these five items come under the main vision and main priority. You can't have more than five, by the way. And we make sure they're fun. We make sure we do first things first. So you might hear the phrase, you eat the frog first. Somebody else said that. But this idea that, I think Brian Tracy, but this idea of do, the, do what needs to be done the most first, sometimes that's the hardest task. That's where the phrase came from. But number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. First things first. The U in fun stands for it's got to come under the main priority, main goal, main objective. And the N is most important, and I will say it and say it and say it, and people won't get it until we just <laughs> do it over and over and over, and that is number. There's got to be a number attached. So our BMAs, by the way, we don't try to fill the day with them. We just want to, we try to get done with them by 11 in the morning. but Often the most important things we do in a day will only take one or two or three or five or ten minutes. We never make a DMA that's longer than 20 minutes long, but we want to make sure we break it into chunks and we do the most important thing that day. So you can't say, let, for instance, I'm going to sell more. You can't even say, I'm going to make more sales calls. You can say, I'm going to make five sales calls. Or you can't say, I'm going to clean my desk. That's overwhelming. You can say, I'm going to clean my desk for five minutes, or I'm going to clean two drawers. But you've got to think in terms of having a number attached. And when you just do the five most important little things you could do today to move that organization forward, you never have a day where you go home and you, you go to bed and think, I worked really hard and I didn't get anything done. You're always getting a key most important thing done on a daily basis. And 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 really, like, let's just take a salesperson, for instance. Say they need to make uh, this much a month, which breaks down to uh, assuming they, they could get uh, that many clients by calling 100 people a week. Then you break that down to 20 people a day. It means a, a DMA would be, I'm going to call 20 people today, and you try to do that first. And by the way, you never have a DMA that's on somebody else. So it's not... I'm going to sell this much because that takes someone else has to make that decision. But you do what you can do that would lead to that, would likely lead to that sale, which is I am going to make 20 calls. I'm going to write three thank you notes. I'm going to do this. And we tend to find that when we do the five most important things every day, it's unbelievable what happens with an organization. And most people, most people avoid the most important thing they ought to do today to move the organization forward. They do everything they can to avoid it. They do busy work. They do okay work. They do things like, oh, that blog could be important when something else is even more important. And they never do the most important five little things. And that changes everything. I love the the concept of putting a number against all of those tasks. That is really, really smart. That's something that I'm going to start right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in fact, I'll do it in a little bit when I'm going to read. I'm going to read for you, ladies and gentlemen, not the ads. I'm going to read for you three specific sponsors. When you uh, roll this out in your organization uh, and and the principle of saying, look, you have to work on the most important thing first is uh, is in, is incredibly important. It reminds me of what our mutual friend 
uh, Rory Vaden talks about in terms of multiplying your time uh, by, by working on those priorities. Um, when you roll that out in an organization, as a manager, uh, do you then need to work with people on your team and say, show me what you think is the most important thing to make sure that we're on the same page about what is the most important thing? Well, a good manager would do that. And I'll tell you what we push in organizations. We agree with Collins, who says if you have more than three priorities, you don't have any. Big, huge organizations that we work with, global, multinational organizations and small ones, they want to sound complex. Oh, no, we have 11 big rocks. Oh, no, we have this, we have that. We force the organizations we work with, big ones, small ones, complex ones, to have no more than three specific key push forward priorities at a time. And we want everybody in the organization to know that. And the way we get alignment through a big organization is the, the top leader needs to, uh, says, okay, it's ABC. Then the next level down, instead of doing XYZ or whatever they come up with, they have to do something under ABC. So they might say, well, in my area, we have nothing to do with C, so our three priorities are a, 1A, 2, and B. And the next level down, they might have, oh, we just do it with B, so we're B1, B2, B3, a priority under the Bs. But at least they're aligned all the way to the organization. Yeah. Everybody, down to the 100th level, they're pushing something forward on the ABCs. But you, that's leadership issue. They've got to give the top priorities priorities. And maybe in the 90-day quick plan, I can give an idea on how you get there. Yeah. Uh, to decide the priorities. One thing I want to ask you about, and it's a great concept in the book, is what you call the power hour. And one of the things that's very, very common amongst social media professionals, and I think probably all digital marketers, is is you you sit down at your desk and you open your browser and you open your email and you open whatever social media listening platform you're using, perhaps um, brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud or Sprout Social, and and you start to see the tweets roll in and the emails roll in uh, and whatever you have your homepage set to on your browser, and you are like off to the races and sucked into the vortex. You have this concept called the power hour uh, where you don't do any of those things uh, in the morning. Can you talk about that? Because I think it's a really brilliant concept that will be incredibly useful. Before you do, I just want to remind listeners, we're talking to uh, Dave Horsager, who's the author of the new book, The Daily Edge, just came out last week. You know, the, the key concept here is focus. And Adam and I were talking about this before the call, how critical it is to focus on the most important things. Now, I know in social marketing, there are many things going on, and you have to jump in and be relevant and on point. And you ha- there is a sense of immediacy and, and having your tabs on everything. But there's also a point to focusing on the most important things and doing those. And, and the power hour in our office and many of the uh, companies we serve, they cut out a power hour. So from us, for us from 9 to 10 in the morning, uh, let's say, and you can do whatever works for you, but 9 to 10, no interruptions. So nobody's expected to get back on email. Nobody can call another person. No meetings in that time frame. Of course, you could have a, a few exceptions, but no no um, knocking on their door. That hour is for people to really consider what are the most important things I could do and absolutely focus on on hardest or most important project I could be doing for 60 minutes straight. And that is unbelievable what happens uh, because, as you can imagine, we, we, let's take writing a book. Like my trust edge book took me four years. Anybody could do it faster. you know. But part of the problem was I'd fly out, then come back like, oh, where was I? Oh, research. Uh, okay. What if I would have just taken two months or something and just focused? But I'm doing research over four years. I'm doing writing some every day over, or, you know. But when we can just focus, that that 
that focus really leads to great things because your mind starts really thinking about those things, just gets into it, and you can get something done. So Power Hour is an uninterrupted time frame throughout an organization. And if, if the organization doesn't buy in, you can do it yourself, but then you've got to lead and communicate that with those above you and below you that for this hour every day, you're going to be focused. You're not going to take interruptions, not because you don't want to serve clients, but because you're going to serve them better by actually getting something done, which is much different than most people in the world. David, one of the things that there are so many great things in this book to start out with, uh, The Daily Edge. But one of the things that really kind of meant a lot to me was uh, a quote that I actually wrote down. It was, do the most demanding work when your energy is high. Do the things that energize you when your energy is low. And for me, and I would guess a lot of social media professionals, a lot of us have to do kind of what I call art and science. We have to do right brain things and left brain things. Mm -hmm. And many social media professionals like me are, are more creative. They are they're, they're left side of the brain. So those are the things that energize me. Uh, and But those are not the things I typically want to do. So this prioritization of doing the things that maybe aren't my favorite, but do those in the morning when I'm most refreshed and I'm most energized, and then kind of saving those 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 things that I enjoy doing in the afternoons when I need that extra push, I need that extra energy, really, really meant a lot to me. How are you seeing people that you're working with, people you're speaking to, use that particular kind of idea and concept? Well, part of that goes with, you know, we have a portion of the book we call Log It, where you kind of log for three days, you can do it up to a week, but you log where you spend your time. First of all, people have a just a, an eye-opening experience because they can't believe they spent that much time on email or that much time on the phone or that much time, whatever. The other thing we do during that log at time frame, if we can, is say, when was your energy high? You just put a couple stars, you know, every hour, this many, one to five stars, and you kind of figure out, oh, I, my energy is really high here or low there. I'm much like you, Adam, in that my mornings are my best. And the problem with a lot of people is they squander their mornings and they are, in fact, the best time when they could actually get the most done. And they say, well, I better be up to date on the, uh, on the news. I'll surf these news sites or whatever it is. And that time, if they would wait and do that later when they're low in energy, it would be better if, in fact, that's something they had to do. For me, for instance, I'm, I am an extrovert. So for me, calling people, talking on the phone, that's energy giving. Um, there's some things that are draining for me, and that's some of that creative piece where I've got to cr create a whole consulting project or finish it or whatever. If So for me, I'm very aware and my team's aware, don't set meetings for a day if at all possible, calls or in-person meetings in the morning. Let him get that new that book, that project, that consulting piece done in those times. And in the afternoon, set that somebody needs to go to coffee with him or lunch with him or somebody needs to uh, he got these calls. He's got to talk to the CEO. I can talk to them, no problem. The talking, it, for me, that's energy high. Now, there's some people the opposite, but just knowing where you are, then you kind of you, you go away and you're so much more productive because you're, you're going with your flow of using your creative doesn't mean work's never hard. It just, it's a lot easier. It's better when you're like, oh, I'm kind of drained in the afternoon, but if I get to talk to people, all of a sudden my energy's up and my whole day was better because I used the easy, did the easy things when my day was harder and I did the hardest things when I'm at my best. And I think kind of understanding that and understanding the way you work and, and what you're strong and maybe not so strong in is, is, is such a, a big piece. Another big topic, David, that you talk about in The Daily Edge is around focus. And focus, I'm, I'm going to be honest, is focus is, is hard for me. Uh, one of my friends 
for uh, for Christmas this year bought me a T-shirt that says, "I know I have ADD, but I hey look a squirrel." Um, <laughs> and it, it really kind of typifies, I think, oftentimes how we are. And I think in the creative arts, like many of us here in, in the social media business, probably have that same uh, that same elephant on our backs. What tips would you give me and what tips would you give the listeners to really kind of wrangling in focus and being able to accomplish more with less? So first of all, know what's most important. First of all, you've got to prioritize. If you have a gazillion things, it's hard to get focused on anything. So prioritizing, I mean, a simple way to do prioritization is say, if you've got a list of things, number them the first time, uh, 10 being most important or the highest number being most important, one being the least, number that whole list by importance and then number it by urgency and add numbers together so you'll get your most important and urgent thing first and just start there. you got to know what's important first and then think of how can you eliminate distractions. There's, you know, maybe it's, um, first of all, your position. So could you go to the boardroom? For me, I like to write in the boardroom because there's not my office. It's not, I don't see the pictures of my kids and all that. They could be an inspiration, but boy, it's blank. It's clean. It's, I can go there because there's no distractions. So even on Microsoft, let's say you're writing there, instead of writing in a regular Microsoft uh, program, go to the one called Focus. Because if you've ever done that, it goes all black around it. No, um, little no things come in, you've got mail or beeps or anything, it just automatically shuts everything else down and all you can see is the white paper and the words you're writing. So what ways to eliminate distraction? Your environment, your position. Um, you know, I like to just have my mind wanders. I wake up with ideas in the middle of the night. I think of ideas on something totally different while I'm working on a project. So one thing I always have near me is uh, just sticky notes. And if I have an idea about, oh, I got to bring that home for dinner. Oh, here's an idea for the book launch, or here's an idea for when I'm speaking in New York. I just write it down, then it's out of my mind. And I just keep that sticky notes. When I'm done with project, the focus time, I look at them, put it in my calendar, deal with it, whatever. But the, some people, they just try to keep it all to remember that for later. And it's it just your mind is made so that it bogs you, bothers you, and keeps you from being focused. I, the first step for this short time is just to say, that environment, set it up distraction-free, shut off everything that's going to bing and beep and, and uh, alert you, and uh, try to get rid of any distractions while you're focusing on the key project at hand. Another topic that you, you bring up in the, in the book is when you are trying to kind of reinforce a new habit like that, and I love the post-it notes by the uh, by bedside table, is doing it for 90 days. You know, you know, we've, we've all heard, you know, whether it's 21 days or seven days or, or three weeks, how long it takes kind of reinforce a, a habit. Why 90 days? Why was that for you a, a time period that, that really did instill these new habits of, uh, of, the, of, of successful people? Let me tell you, I have a major bias for 90 days, and I really appreciate you asking the question because it is not research-based, it's a. it was propagated by cheesy motivational speakers that you can change a habit in 21 days. That goes back to the research in the 50s, then came out in Psycho-Cybernetics in 1960, but really that research, that's not what it even said, but these motivational speakers, now across America, I can ask, how long does it take to change a habit? And everybody's, 21 days, 21 days. Not really true, and, and the full intent of it, unless it's highly addictive like drugs or something. So real change, real habits, 
Now, on the other hand, you have a time frame that's too long, and that's a year. People think, um, you know, they set New Year's resolutions, and according to the Journal of Psychology, maybe two percent of the people accomplish New Year's resolution. Ninety days is different. Ninety days is enough time to get more done than most people get done in a year. It's short enough to stay absolutely focused. This started before our research. It was intuitive at first. Twenty years ago, a mentor of mine said, "David, try something for ninety days." I want you to try not complaining one time about anything, food, the weather, anything for 90 days. I want to complain about the idea, you know. But I took him up on the challenge, and I did not complain one time. And that didn't just change my life. It changed the trajectory of my life. In 90 days, I didn't just lose 33 pounds. I changed the way I look at food and life. 90 days was the tipping point to my Loss of 50 pounds total, 52 pounds, I guess, total. But 90 days was the powerful segment, and I've, I've noticed it. And really, if you go back to that research in the 50s, it would really push this notion of the 90-day uh, amount of time more than this what was kind of skewed out there about 21 days, even though that could happen in a very addictive, positively addictive, um, you know, change. So 90 days. Big bias. We've had people now write us consistently. I tripled sales in 90 days. I lost this much weight in 90 days. I used the 90 quick plan. So what's our bias for 90 days as far as a time frame? Hey, if it works, it works, right? I love it. Um, might as well put it to the test. And you have certainly done that. We're talking to Dave Horsager, who's the author of the brand new book, just came out last week, called The Daily Edge, Simple Strategies to Increase Efficiency and Make an Impact Every Day. Speaking of making an impact, I want to take a minute to thank... I'm going to name it. I'm going to number it like Dave recommends our three sponsors this week on Social Pros. First, the folks at Salesforce Marketing Cloud who have the eternal wisdom to employ one Mr. Adam Brown. Did you know, did you know that 72% of Twitter users expect a response within one hour when expressing a concern? Our sponsor, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, is a world leader in interactive marketing software, and they have a brand new free ebook called Winning at Social, Four Steps to Enhance Your Social Media Strategy. Full of all kinds of tips, advice, best practices um, contributed to by our man, Adam. You can get it right now for free, ladies and gentlemen, at convinceandconvert.com slash 27. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number 27. Seven. Also this week, thanks to our friends at Formstack, formstack.com. It's what I use for all of my forms online. Amazing tool to rotate, A-B test, create forms without having to talk to that pesky IT guy. They have a fantastic free ebook as well called the Form Conversion Report. Everything you ever wanted to know about what works when you're putting together an online form and what doesn't, find out the one simple social media tip that can increase conversion rates on your forms by 189%. Go to convinceandconvert.com slash 30. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number 30. Uh, and also this week, thanks as always to our friends at Affinio. Love, love, love their software. We use it every day at Convince and Convert on the consulting side of our business. Affinio takes a really deep look at all of your friends, followers, etc. on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, on Pinterest, uh, and tells you things about those audiences that you never knew before. For example, would you like to know uh, what are the hashtags that your audience uses the most? Would you like to know what 
blogs, your audience tweets about the most, all that stuff and a bunch more is available in Affinio. Check it out. Do a demo. You're going to be blown away. There's not a lot of software that I gravitate toward as quickly as I have Affinio. You're going to love it. Go to convinceandconvert.com slash nine. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number nine for a special offer and a demo of Affinio. Mr. Brown, back to you. David, you told us a little bit about how you got to the point of, of writing this book, uh, The Daily Edge, which is now out and available. Uh, what I would love to do is maybe hit the reverse button just a little bit more and kind of hear about how you got to here today. I mean, you have your own consultancy. You've written multiple best-selling books. You've given the TED Talk, which, by the way, I think is just the coolest thing in the world, and I even would love to hear hear how that uh, how that went but how did you kind of get into uh, to this business and what kind of work are you doing uh, as you assist uh, companies and organizations and executives mm-hmm. thanks for asking uh, you know 1999 moved back to Minnesota I'd been director of an organization in Arkansas uh, great experience down there but I um, uh, started our first company on a shoestring no kids yet Lisa and I were living in a musty basement apartment not a, by the way, it, it was the basement of an older lady's home, 86-year-old Clara Miller. We had no bathroom, no kitchen, no windows, just black mold on the walls, and uh, lived there for two years. By that, uh, the first October, we had 80 cents in our business account, 60 cents in our home account, dollar forty to our name. And uh, I remember asking my brother. This isn't advice for everybody, but I talked to my brother. I said to my brother about starting this business. Um, what do you think? Do you think I should get another part-time job or something? And he said, no, if you don't have to, you won't. And it was this time of clarity. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm called to. This is, you know, it's time to move forward. And, um, of course, now I'm immensely grateful, and we work with everything from the New York Yankees and FedEx and, you know, the Wells Fargo and governments and you know, Ecuador and Singapore and Australia and whatever. Um, uh, John Deere, I mean, it's just a, a huge treat. I'll tell you a little bit more about what we do, but basically our business now is all around the mission of driving business results through trust by developing trusted leaders and organizations. We believe two things. A lack of trust is your biggest defense, and there's a way to build it. It's a little bit more than you might at first think. Not just honesty and integrity. There's an eight-pillar framework that we we uh, you know talked about in the trust edge, and um, that came out of my graduate research. That led to, that became interesting to some people. Um, it was very unique uh, buyout from Simon and Schuster to be the biggest uh, lead business book of the fall in uh, back in 2012, and it had come out earlier in 09. Um, and uh, Anyway, so that's all our work. So how do we do that? We do it in four different ways. Four very specific ways that we build trusted leaders in organizations, from huge organizations to just one-on-one leaders. One, I speak about 100 times a year at conferences, and I write and uh, you know do research, and that sometimes opens the door. We collect the spark. And then we have a major talent development piece where we train trainers, and we um, also do the trusted experience yourself. That's a deeper work, goes deeper in exactly how to apply the eight-pillar framework and even do some of these daily edge principles. And uh, even have an online portion of that, not. Next area is coaching. It's not the coaching you've heard of, just this kind of life coaching or that kind of thing. It's very specific, three coaching processes. Uh, 
you only sign up if you want to see results. In fact, in 90-day coaching, performance coaching, you get a call from our senior coach every single day for 90 days. Kind of an uncommon idea. Not once a week, not once a month, every single day. And uh, we just guarantee results in that one. But that's a one-on-one ways, three ways to do it uh, to uh, really push results. Finally, there's the consulting side, and that we use our organizational trust index, which is a very powerful tool to see exactly where there's trust, high trust, low trust in our organization, how we fill gaps, and uh, my 360 assessment, uh, Trust Edge 360 that we use on leaders, and they get a really clear picture of themselves, a path forward, but four big ways that we really try to transform people and organizations using the Trust Edge, speaking, training and talent development, coaching processes, and consulting tools. One of the things I mentioned that you've done, David, is you've given a, you've given a TED Talk. And one of the things I love about TED Talk is its brevity. Uh, Chris Anderson, who kind of created TED, says, you know, we, we create the time limit of 18 minutes because it's long enough to be serious and short enough to hold people's attention. Do you think there's something there? We talked uh, a little bit earlier about the power hour and, and trying to you know, get down to being more efficiency. Is there something that we can all take kind of from the idea of the 18-minute TED Talk to apply to even some of the uh, overlays that you talk about in the Daily Ed? Well, I think there is a change culturally toward lower attention spans. Certainly, we're in a deprived attention span culture. So that means how we reach people, how we connect with people, how we talk to people. This format is happening both at TED instead of the 90-minute keynote, these TED-style talks, but it's happening in, in you know, advertisements and video games. You look at how many times the camera shifts today compared to an advertisement in 1960. It's unbelievable. So to hold attention is important. So that might be something we, as far as the daily edge is concerned, we check with ourselves. Uh, how, what is my how long can I really give to something? Now, I can stay focused on something. I don't know if it's a gift or, or what. And I know people who can really stick focus-wise. If you really do have a challenge there, fine. Take your seven minutes and give it everything and shut the fo- put the focus curtain up and just do it then. Even understanding yourself, what you need focus-wise um, can really uh, be beneficial, understanding that in yourself. Certainly the culture is, as a whole has a shorter attention span, and we have to consider that in everything we do. Even for me, I still have my most common keynote time is still 90 minutes. How does that play out then for me? It plays out in that I am thinking people need an advertisement every seven minutes like on, the, you know, on TV, so I'm going to switch. I'm going to use humor. I'm going to use variety. I'm going to use engagement, and that's you know formed how I even speak, uh, but it might form how you use social media or how you do anything in life that we have to really uh, hit something repetitively that we want to have stick, but also from different angles and with different styles, humor, statistics, so on. Yeah, I love that seven-minute TV break concept. That that makes a lot of sense, and that that theme is uh, applicable to a lot of things in life and in business. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for for writing the book and for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, a lot of our listeners are going to take a lot of lessons away from this. Pick up a copy uh, of the Daily Edge. You will not regret it. I want to close out the show by asking you the two questions that we ask all of our guests here on the Social Pros Podcast, uh, all the way through to whatever we are now, episode one hundred and eighty something 
magazine or another. Uh, before I do that, I want to remind everybody uh, two things. One, if you haven't reviewed the show, go to iTunes and do that. We haven't had uh, a batch of new reviews lately, so I'm asking you right now to go to iTunes and review the show. Also, a reminder that if you like social pros, you're going to love Content Pros, which is our sister podcast, which is a very similar format, hosted by Chris Moody from Oracle, Randy Frisch from Uberflip, amazing guests for the world of content marketing. If you're not listening to that show, put it in your iTunes or your Stitcher right away. Okay, Dave, are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. If you could give somebody just one tip, not 35 tips from the book, but just one tip, somebody who's looking to become a social pro, what would you tell them? Well, in anything, clarity is critical. So I would, you, this habit right here, when you ask the word how, ask it at least three times. Here's what I mean. I know Simon Sinek and others, why is big, why inspires people, it unifies people, and I ask it. It's a great question to inspire. But the action, the, the, the word the question for clarity is how. And until you ask how, until you can do something differently today or tomorrow, I don't trust you. And people stop too early. This is what I mean. I'm working with an organization, one of the biggest organization, uh, healthcare organizations in North America. They said, we know our problem. We need to be more clear. I talked to the senior leadership team. I said, how are you going to do that? The senior leader stood in front of everybody and said, um, we're going to communicate more. I said, how? He sat down and started to talk about it. Finally, he's ready. He stood up in front of everybody and said, oh, we're going to hold each other accountable. I said, how? Because that doesn't mean anything, right? It, it, you know, we know what that means. not going to do a darn thing. going to blame everybody else. I said, how? And finally, they got to something they're going to do specifically starting today or tomorrow. you got to ask how until you're going to do something differently today or tomorrow. Don't let yourself or your team off the hook. Weight loss. How did it really happen? I started asking people, and what did people say across America? Eat less, exercise more. That was not clear enough. Finally, I asked people that sit on airplanes that have to go to banquets like I do. I started asking people, look fit. How do you stay fit? How do you stay fit? How do you stay fit? I got 115 ideas. Only 15 of them, though, were clear enough to do something today or tomorrow. For instance, one example, a doctor, healthy looking, 80 years old, said, David, most men in America just wouldn't drink their calories. They'd lose 30 to 50 pounds in a year. I was blown away. I knew it wouldn't be true for me because I don't drink a lot of alcohol, don't drink a lot of pop, but I started thinking about it. At breakfast, I was used to having orange juice. It's full of sugar. You want to kill your immune system, drink orange juice. The point is, I could look at anything I drank and say, is there a calorie in it? Nope. Okay, I can drink that. And for six months, I did not drink one calorie. I did, I, and the point is not what to do for weight loss. The point is you're not going to do something until it's, you've asked how until you're going to able to really do it starting today or tomorrow. How, how, how? I want to have a more appreciative culture. How are you going to do that? Well, we're going to say nice things. How are you going to do that? Uh, we're going to write notes. How are you going to do that? How, 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 until you're going to do something differently today or tomorrow? Sorry for the long answer, but people have got to ask how until they're absolutely clear. I love that answer. Uh, the only part that I don't like is that our sponsor on the show next week was going to be uh, Tropicana Premium uh, Pulp-Free Orange Juice. They're now off the show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and recover from the loss of their sponsorship uh, next week. Uh, David Horsager, who is a uh, uh, indicter of orange juice uh, and a uh, trust expert, uh, has joined us on Social Pros. Last question for you, Dave, is this, my friend: uh, If you could do a Skype call with any living person. 
who would it be and why? Oh, that is a that's a big question. Wow. Well, this has been fun with you guys. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I, last week, I was uh, you know in, in New York a couple weeks ago in New York when the uh, when both when the Pope left and the uh, and then the next day. Putin came and and the president came for the UN and I, I think I didn't see the Pope I don't happen to be Catholic uh, but I I have a few questions I would love to on both sides of the line I'm not going to answer your question one way I'm going to say two on kind of two sides of the world I would like to ask Putin a couple questions personally because I just don't understand uh, what he's thinking on some things and I'd love to ask the Pope a couple questions. Uh, uh, because he is frankly inspiring in uh, character and how he navigates dealing with uh, people that uh, you know can love him in spite of not always agreeing with him. So there you go. There's a quick two. I want to see the Skype call with maybe we'll do it on Blab with you and Vladimir Putin and the Pope. That would be an episode yeah. to tune into. Uh, we'll see if we can work that. We'll, we'll put our best people on that uh, to get the executive producer team, uh, Jess Ostroff, and the folks that don't panic, man- don't panic management. When they listen to the recording, that's your assignment. Uh, Putin and the Pope uh, with Dave Horsager on Blab. So we'll, we'll work on that for next week's show. We'll make it on horseback or, or just or just seated. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I think walking through an orange orchard would be the way to do it. <laughs> Maybe down in Florida, you know, down in Florida, the GoPro uh, on the Pope, on the Pope yeah. hat, something like that. It'd be uh, that's viral. Go. That's viral, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another episode of your favorite podcast, Social Pros, the show for real people doing real work in social media. If you want to get more real work done in social media, get yourself a copy of The Daily Edge written by this week's guest, Mr. David. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. He's Adam Brown from Salesforce. This has been social pros thanks for tuning in to social pros please leave a review and subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast listening app go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits social pros is sponsored by salesforce marketing cloud affinio sprout social forum stack and scission and is produced by convince and convert media find more great shows like social pros at marketingpodcasts.com the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by audiobag.com.